if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. No intro. None of that. Don't even care. We're going straight, straight into it. No countdown, no nothing. Right into it, no doubt. Uh, And I think, you know, we're going to talk more so about the Sweet 16 slash the Elite Eight uh, instead of the Final Four. I mean, we'll probably talk about the Final Four later this week. I think that would be more appropriate given – the buildup that is needed to the final four. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, how do you, before we get into the elite eight in the sweet 16, how do you feel about the fact that it's pretty much an all blue blood final four? Uh, um, even though, I mean, people talking about how there's no parody in this sport, do not pay attention because right. there has been 12 different teams in the final four the last three years. Uh, yeah. I, I, I guess I don't hate it. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's weird, you know, quote unquote, North Carolina is a Cinderella team. I mean, yeah, I mean. an eight seed, whatever. Um, the ACC has impressed me. I know that you've you've hated them all year. So uh, I guess you got to take that back a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, the third best conference, maybe fourth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't mind it. Um you know, I think that we're going to see really good basketball, which is good um, to be able to get Duke, North Carolina in a final four game. Um, they've never met each other in the tournament at all. So to get that in a final four game, I think the atmosphere there is going to be absolutely insane. Um, so, I, you know, I don't hate it, but, you know, it would have been nice to see, you know, somebody else come through. But, I mean, blue bloods are going to blue blood, right? They're They're – that's what they're known for. That, they get there and they win national titles, unlike, you know, Big Ten schools or something like that. So Yeah, so let's talk about the Big Ten. Uh, dead before the Elite Eight. Uh, <laughs> Michigan loses to Villanova. I thought that would be a bad matchup for Villanova if Dickinson was having a game, and he wasn't. He, well, uh, what did he go, 6 of 16 or something yeah. like that? And when, I mean, when the biggest big that Villanova have has six, is, what, 6-8? Eight. Eight, so. Yeah. Uh, rough game for him. I sure do hate to see that. I think the thing for Villanova is like, I don't really know how you can beat them when they're fully healthy because like they, their offense, the way that it runs, I mean, sometimes there's too many passes, but also there's almost always an open shooter and not having Justin Moore is probably going to be the death of them. Uh, but that was the one team that I was right about this entire tournament was Villanova. Yeah, and, you were. I mean, North Carolina, I did pick them to go to the Elite Eight. I had them losing to Kentucky. So I guess I could say that I'm right about them technically because that's an eight seed getting the Elite Eight. Pretty, right. pretty smart move by me. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think – I think I don't think Villanova um, has much of a chance against Kansas. I'll say that. Just because Justin Moore going out, you got five guys playing yeah, outside Justin of six. Justin Moore hurts a lot. He's probably the most talented out of everybody that they have. Um, I mean, they still have the toughness factor with Samuels and Gillespie and uh, Slater and those guys, but yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, talking about the the West region, I mean, Gonzaga losing in the Sweet 16 to an Arkansas team that really, I mean, 
how good were they in that game? I don't think that they were that great to beat Gonzaga. Yeah, I think Gonzaga was just bad. Um, and I saw a thing that, you know, Gonzaga with shot selection or with shot, shot quality, that that uh, stat or whatever it is, uh, Gonzaga wins that game like 86% of the time. So the fact that they, you know, shots weren't falling. Um, Timmy, I, I'd say, had – sort of an off game for him. Um, he wasn't making the shots he usually does. But I think Arkansas, you know, at, they were just more athletic is, is what kind of drove them to a win there. Um, and Gonzaga just didn't know what to do with the disruption that they caused. I think the biggest factor in that game was Nimhard was bad. Uh, he was he was <clears throat> two for 11, five yeah. turnovers. Gonzaga had 15 turnovers. That's not very characteristic of them. Um, and the numbers, I mean, they both both teams shot like the exact same. Um, Gonzaga had more free throws, uh, 15 that they made to nine of Arkansas, uh, 44% from two for Gonzaga, 46 for Arkansas. Uh, Gonzaga, five for 21 from three, Arkansas, seven for 25. So that's where not having, you know, Suggs to go along with Nimhard and Kispert to go along with um, – you know, anybody else they play in the middle, it's kind of what happened. Last year's team could cover that up. I don't think this year's team could as much. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know. And a big part of Gonzaga playing well was Bolton, too. I mean, uh, you know, he he had had some pretty good games and then comes into this game, you know, three of ten. So uh, they just – they struggled um, all around. So, you know, when you, when you don't make your shots, it's hard to win. It, it doesn't matter, you know, how good you are. Um, but if shots aren't falling, that's you, you're not going to win very many games. The thing with that is that, like, the narratives <laughs> now surrounding Zagger are fascinating. Like, I see Wally Serbiak, who I think is okay at his job, but, my God, they don't have that, like, what did he say, like that championship mentality that uh, – who, who did he say have that? Uh, maybe it was, like, Duke or something because Gonzaga got punched in the mouth and didn't respond. Okay. I mean, you could say that all you want. They just didn't play well. Like against right. Memphis, they got punched in the mouth and they came back and destroyed them. Absolutely. Yeah. So it makes no sense that you say that following a game where they were down 10 and a half. <laughs> yeah. That just makes no sense to me. Now, the idea that we probably should have seen this coming, I think, is semi-accurate. I think that this team was kind of – you watched them against St. Mary's. They were kind of you know, more susceptible to these types of games and losses than they yeah. were last year because uh, last year they just got dominated by a team that was – really really clicking and when you have three dominant guards like Baylor did last year that's what happened to Gonzaga then uh but that I I still think last year is always going to be Fuse's best chance until proven otherwise yeah so sure I don't know about going forward I think Timmy probably comes back we all know Chet Holmgren is going to be a top three pick in the draft I think Nimhard can come back I think he's a four-year senior so he's got one more there I think um I mean, Julian Strother's only a sophomore. He'll be back, I'm sure. Rasir Bolton is done, I think. Um, unless, well, it says he's played four years, but I also think that uh, there's certain weird rules and, and yeah, stuff. So COVID who rules. knows? Yeah. Who knows who can come back and who can't? But uh, <laughs> they got two freshmen there too that were big five stars: Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman. I expect those guys to play a bigger role for them next year. The bottom line is Gonzaga is going to be fine moving forward in terms of you know still winning and having success. They're going to win the West Coast Conference next year. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm assuming Timmy goes back, though. That'll be kind of a big factor. But even if he doesn't, I still think they'll be they'll be fine. Um, yeah. 
you know, Duke Duke got punched in the mouth early against Texas Tech. They didn't look like they belonged. And then the second half, they made every single shot. So we'll talk about Duke more later. Uh, in terms of the East region, North Carolina beats UCLA. And we'll talk more about North Carolina later because they're in the Final Four. Yeah. Purdue St. Peter's. Um, I, I, I had a feeling, and I said this a couple times all season, that Matt Painter was holding back his own team. Yeah. And I just I don't I don't think he's a very good coach. I really don't. I think this proves it. Like this was his best roster ever, probably. Yeah. And they don't get to the Elite Eight in a region where the two seed went down. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. You know, I thought this was a game where Zach Eady would just just dominate. I mean, the St. Peter's didn't, you know, I know they have a what a great defender. Uh, Casey Indefo is a great defender, but they got him in foul trouble early, if I remember right. Um, yeah, so I, three early, yeah. So I don't understand. I mean, Edie played 16 minutes. I also think that when he was in the game, he was making a lot of stupid mistakes he doesn't yeah. normally make, and also right. they weren't getting him the ball deep enough, and he couldn't rebound. Yeah, just... he he struggled uh rebounding in this game, uh, only had two rebounds. So, I mean. St. Peter's had a great game plan, too. Um, Shaheen Holloway did a tremendous job all tournament, and now he's getting rewarded by going to Seton Hall, which was very predictable. I wonder if Casey and Defo follows him there. That's a three-time all. That's a three-time defensive player of the year in that conference, which yeah. I think he would be a very good fit in the Big East. But. Yeah, and they weren't they were, they did not play well against North Carolina, but Defo still, you know, yeah. defensively had a hell of a game. And the other thing with that is like I think. The reason that I don't think very many people thought St. Peter's would be able to beat North Carolina is because I think a lot of the times these ACC teams are ready for the type of defense that St. Peter's plays. Yeah. You know, they play a matchup zone a lot of times, and ACC teams see a zone every year with Syracuse. Now, Syracuse doesn't really defend, but they still run that style of defense. Um, right. So I think ACC teams are more prepared. I don't think that teams in the Big Ten are as prepared for something like that. Um, and I mean, Purdue wasn't, and Ivy hit a huge, huge three late where you're like, okay, just make, make I, them miss a free throw. I can't, I can't believe that they let Ivy get that wide of open look at yeah. the end of the game. I mean, you yeah, know, I, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, you always foul up three, whatever, but I, I, I mean, Ivy, I, it wasn't that hard of a shot and he didn't have anybody in his face. Um, he, he just came up a little short. You also, and, I think teams get afraid of fouling there too, like accidentally on the shot. Um, and I think that that's why a lot of times teams don't get very close to the shooter because you know that players are looking to draw a foul there. Draw, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, Sheen Holloway, hell of a job and the greatest Cinderella run ever. I don't think it's close. A 15 seed with that low of a budget, the whole yeah. thing getting to the Elite Eight um, is, is big time. But I uh, just, you know, North Carolina was just better. And Purdue wasn't. I don't know what the hell happened to Purdue. I mean, Trevion <laughs> Williams had a stretch there. He was taking the game over. Um, I don't know where Purdue he, goes from here. I feel like Trevion still, he struggled in that game. I mean, some shots that he usually makes weren't falling. Um, you know, re- remind me a lot of the Gonzaga game where, you know, the shots that, that those guys usually make just weren't going I think, down. I, I think Trevion got off to such a hot start when he came in because he was like, what, five for five? Yeah. And then after that, he just kind of slowed down. But I wonder, like, I feel like to be successful moving forward, Matt Painter has to figure out, like, guard play. They, they're they going to need to revamp the guard play. 
Yeah, and you know they're obviously going to lose Jaden Ivy. Um, Isaiah and, Thompson in the uh, transfer portal. Yeah, guard. Um, and I, is Hunter Hunter can come back right? Uh, let me check. He's just so inconsistent. Like when he when he's hitting shots, Purdue is so much better. Yeah, he's like, a four year guy, so I'm assuming he'd come back. Yeah, but I mean you. You, you look at this, and you know he goes zero for three. Gillis goes zero for three from three, and those are guys that usually knock down those shots. Um, mm-hmm. Or Hunter, I, Hunter, I guess doesn't always do it, but when he does, it, it takes it. It would take Purdue to the next level all year. So I mean, Hunter's forty three percent. Yeah, Gillis went all the way down Gillis to forty one. Yeah, but so he, for he those was, guys to go zero for six for you, um, you know, and then Jaden Ivy just chucking up threes. Not his game. Size is not going to be a problem for Purdue next season, but guard play is going to be something they have to figure out for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who returns, who doesn't return, but they're going to figure that out. And they're going to figure out how to have a coach that doesn't hold them back because <laughs> he held them back in, in many spots. Uh, South region, Arizona goes down, Houston beats them, and then Houston can't make anything against Villanova. <laughs> yeah, struggled. Um I think this is a game that a lot of people thought was coming. Um, Houston, as a five seed, once again was uh, favored to win this game by Vegas. So, committee's doing a great job out there, you know, setting up these teams. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Houston was just on a roll. Um, you know, they they you know dominated Illinois. They had to feel good coming into this. Arizona barely squeaked by um, the game before. So uh, it, this is just something that it looked like it was going to happen. Um, and, and Arizona just didn't know how to handle that defense. They, they struggled. Um, no Kirk Creesa health, no healthy Kirk Creesa is kind of just, yeah, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yep. It hurts. And then Matherin had an off game. Um, and then they, they, I felt like they didn't feed Coloco enough either, but um Six shot attempts. Yeah, against Houston's defense. I mean, they they know how to disrupt the paint. Um, you know, they did it against Kofi of Illinois, and uh, they they just have a different brand of you know defense. And and to make the run they did, you know, without their best player is impressive. Uh, as much as I hate Calvin Sampson, good work. <laughs> um, the other thing with that is Tubelas goes zero for eight from the field. No field goals for him. I think Dalen Terry is really the only player that showed up for Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, like you said, Mathurin was off. Coloco didn't really get the ball enough. But we were very close to seeing TCU be the team that plays Houston in this game. So yeah, Arizona was on the ropes twice. And they weren't that good against Wright State either. So it kind of proves that Kirk Risa was absolutely the X-Factor guy for this team. And, uh, yep. I mean, it showed in games too. Like, yeah. the Illinois game is a perfect yeah. example. Yeah, and and when Creasa went on that that run where he couldn't make a shot is when Arizona really struggled during the regular season too. Yep. So Arizona down. Uh, I, I this is the only reason that I had the correct team coming out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what Villanova does against Kansas, but it's going to be a tough one. Uh, the the Midwest region, which is a weird a weird one. I mean, Kansas Providence game. Kansas kind of came out just all over them and then yeah. slowed down. Providence got close and Kansas still won. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like Providence came out and played how everybody kind of thought they were going to play the first two rounds. Um, 
and then they they kind of kicked it in the ass and and uh, got back in the game. They just couldn't. They, they I think they took a lead, uh, a p- one point lead, you know, within three minutes or or something around there. So uh, they had a shot. They just they couldn't finish. Yeah, and uh, good run though for Providence. I don't think a lot of people preseason expected them to do very much. Mm-hmm. They had a big season, get to the Sweet Sixteen. It's a big deal uh, for the program. Miami, Iowa State. I mean, Miami kind of just had that style of play that just overwhelmed. Yeah, Iowa State had no shot. Yeah, I, I I thought Iowa State would win. I don't know why. I thought that their defense <laughs> would be able to counter some of what Miami does, but it didn't at all. Yeah, uh, Miami just. I mean, Miami. Up seven at the half yesterday against Kansas, then just got run out of the building. Yeah, in the um, second half. Yeah, Iowa State's just not that good offensively. Um, nope. they, they just, you know, didn't have have much going there. Uh, they did take twelve more shot attempts than uh, Miami, which is surprising, but um, they just couldn't find a way to to do anything that got them going the right direction. Um, and you know Miami with eleven steals, uh, forcing eighteen turnovers. Uh, I Iowa State just really didn't didn't look good, um, and Miami just overwhelmed them. It seemed like 20, uh, 21 assists on twenty six field goals for Miami in that game. Uh, but then they come out and uh, they they're up seven at the half on Kansas. And then they get outscored forty-seven to fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. In the second half, so Ouch. a little Ouch. overwhelmed. And uh, I know that Larinaga, aka Bayheim, wanted the Hurricanes to slow Kansas down in transition. That's what he said at the half before going to the locker room, and they did everything but that. So <laughs> they kind of just let Kansas get out and run and get all over them. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, it was an ugly game for them in the second half, and. You obviously their center Wardenberg fouls out with like ten minutes left, so then you're like, okay, McCormick's just gonna keep going. He was six for seven in the field. Baji finally realized, oh wait, I'm an All American. Maybe I should try <laughs> to you know do stuff. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do anything in the first half. So. Ended up with eighteen. Remy Martin's been an X factor. Only had nine in this game, but he was tremendous in the first three games for them. Um, yeah. I mean they they're good, and I don't know. I, they're definitely like what a four point favorite against Villanova. So people think they're going to win. I think Justin Moore's a big factor. Him being out is a lot of the reason for people thinking that. But right. I'm still going to ride with Villanova. Like I, I'm not going to give up on them. No, I don't I like that. I like the loyalty there. I think that they're probably not going to win, but I'm going to pick them to win. Yeah. And, it's like uh, the, the loyalty that Pujols has after he leaves for all the money, right? Well, that was a whole, a whole, a whole thing, a whole to do. We can, we can forgive him for that. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not like he didn't. It's not like the Angels did anything after he left. <laughs> I mean, what can I you know. do? I just but, noticed that you had to wear your Cardinal gear today. So. Uh yeah, I just I was gonna wear an Alina, I think, but that just looks biased. And the seasons, it's the body's not even. You know, I mean, come on. Um, but I don't know. I mean. Duke, North Carolina. We're gonna talk. Let's let's talk a little bit about the final four matchups. We won't make official picks or analysis until yeah. probably Friday. But um, what do you? I mean, number one is this rigged to have Duke, North Carolina? I mean, sports are rigged, right? Clearly, sure feels um, like it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> rigged. I don't know. Um, I know. I know we didn't talk about it much, but it, the, I, I just want to say this: that North Carolina UCLA game was the best basketball that's been played uh, all tournament. Um, 
the the way that it, you know it went um they never even took the first half they never even took the under 16 timeout because it was flowing so well um so that that was probably my the, the most fun game i had watching um just the way that you know they let them play and the ball movement and guys just making shots i know it got a little slugged down later in the game but uh, i just want to throw that out there um but yeah sports are rigged obviously um you know, I, I think this script was easily written. Um, you, you put North Carolina over there with Baylor, you know, probably the worst one seed there is. And then you just let them kind of roll through, you know, get all the calls because uh, clearly, you know, the refs rigged it too. Um, you know, I, it was Bo Borowski doing the this uh, Elite Eight game against St. Peter's? I, I think so. That. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you let Bo do an Elite Eight game, you know that something's going on. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> um, he also did the Duke Michigan State round two game. Yeah. So how about that? Yeah. See, I'm telling you, it's all rigged. And but, he took uh, over. He took over the Miami Iowa State first round game too. Ref show by him there. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like North Carolina matches up well against Duke, but I also think that Duke is playing with so much more confidence and making a lot more shots than they were late at the end right. of the season. And I mean, this is this is revenge game, right? For Duke, yeah, uh, I, yeah. after after ruining Coach K's night, uh, the guys are probably going to want to win for him. Um, but North Carolina, I you know, they're a weird team. Um, they literally ran no offense at the end of the the uh, was it the, this game, the UCLA game, or was it the next game? Yeah, uh, UCLA game. Yeah. It was literally just chucking up threes. Um, the whole the whole like last four minutes or something that's all it was uh luckily those threes fell and that's what propelled them to win this game but uh yeah i don't know i'm i like i said i'm i'm excited that it's duke north carolina i think it's gonna be fun i think the atmosphere is gonna be insane um both have huge followings north carolina i don't think it's that far from new orleans i don't know um but Fans travel well, and they're also across the whole country. So, I do you have a rooting interest in this game? Like, who do I want to win? Yeah, I probably root for North Carolina. Yeah, I'm kind of like root for one of them. I really want this to end poorly for Coach K. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it's because, like, when you're a coach, it is like so. Look at me, holier than thou BS that you do a farewell tour. Okay, <laughs> you're a coach, dude. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think it, it's it's interesting that he could play. You know, both the teams that Roy Williams left from. So, yeah, uh, I think North that's Carolina what's going to happen. Play too. Duke or play Kansas. Uh, I think that's an interesting. You know, and you have Roy Williams who went out with class. All right, lost in the first round last year, and then he's like, you know what, I'm done. Not, oh, I want everybody to talk about me. And, oh, man, what a douche. Do you think Coach K's in the stands like Roy Williams is next year? No. (laughs) No way. No shot in hell. He'll just be, like, 24-7 on the phone with one of the assistant coaches trying to, you know, control everything, (laughs) not letting Shire do his job. I mean, it's so like it just makes people hate Duke more that they had to have a farewell tour for a coach. I, I don't so, give a yeah. shit who you are. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And yeah. I hope that they burn out and get murdered by a team. So 
that's my thoughts on Duke. And, Fair and enough. My thoughts Fair on enough. now. I have no doubt in my mind they're going to win the national championship, but still, um, I'd like to see it crash and burn. And I, I mean, hope Brady Manic has fifty. I mean, if uh, if they win it, sports are definitely rigged. So if they Clearly. win it, everybody's going to be pissed. <laughs> Probably, except Nobody for Duke fans. The losers win. Except, and except most for- Duke fans are the most fake fans on earth. Like, if you're, let's say you're in California, but there's a bunch of Duke fans in California. Like, where, where does that, how does, how does that add up? You know, you're in California. It's, it's <laughs> Duke. I don't. I think most normal, logical sports fans are on the North Carolina side of this rivalry. Because guess what? Name one Duke player that went to the NBA that's better than the top two North Carolina players of all time out of the NBA. True. True. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, you it makes, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hate Good. Duke. Glad North Carolina can get whoever they want. Cause Michael Jordan played there. That's all I got to say. Michael Jordan, James Worthy. Like Does it really matter who that. coaches North Carolina? I mean, they're going to get recruits anyways. They're going to get recruits, but do you not remember how bad that one season? Uh, I don't know. It was like five years ago. Yeah. They were horrendous. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I, you know, it, I liked uh, Hubert. Uh, you know, he showed some emotion. You know, he, he was crying, upset, not upset, happy tears. Um, you know, he was excited that this team came as far as they did. I mean, I mean, two weeks before this, you were yelling, North Carolina's not getting in the tournament. Now they're in a Final Four. So I was wrong. I was wrong about them throughout most of the season. I think a lot of that had to do with the ACC and the fact that they just yeah. didn't strike me as a tournament team for a while. And I think most people thought that. But um, and I, the I tell you what these this might have been the worst Elite Eight in the history of the tournament. Um, none of these games were fun to watch. Yeah, Duke kind of controlled it against Arkansas, Villanova, yeah. Houston. There was no offense. Right. Kansas destroyed Miami, North Carolina destroyed. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. You also only had one one number one seed in there. And uh I mean a couple two seeds, but you know, like double the, digit seeds. You think the girls tournament's getting all four number one seeds in? UConn's getting in, so no. Okay. UConn is going to take apart NC State tonight. NC State's gonna wish they never even played the game. Okay. After what happens tonight. I forget you're a big UConn lover. Um you know, it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like Duke fans out in California. Uh, I think the difference is that <laughs> is that nobody. I don't think that the 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 women's college basketball community hates UConn as much as the college men's side hates Duke. I think they adore UConn, which is surprising. National right? titles, dude. It, it's surprising that a team that dominant in women's basketball is adored, but a team that's good in in men's college basketball is not. Well, I think the one thing is that Coach K comes off as a much holier than thou. Can't even doesn't even coach any more douchebag when Gino Oriema is more of a respect <laughs> factor thing. Okay. Yeah, Coach K is a douche. Dang. I do not care right. what anybody thinks. Okay, he doesn't even coach his team. He throws little temper tantrums on the sideline when something goes wrong. Hmm. He's a bum. That's isn't that what uh, most coaches do? Like. No, I, I'm saying like, have you seen like, they, have you they seen whine like, like babies? The, the gift from like th- three games ago, whenever he like hits the side of the chair of his two assistants and hits his feet on the ground like a little baby. <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing. I'm gonna find that right now and show it. <laughs> embarrassing is what it is. I mean, you talk about 
oh, I need everybody to pay attention to me. Oh, oh, man. I mean, look at this douche. Here you go. Went to fire this one up. I'm ready. This was like two games ago. I mean, come on. It's embarrassing. (laughs) It's embarrassing is what it is. God. I'd be embarrassed if that guy was my head coach. Embarrassed. Because you know what? They won in 2015, right? They won a title that year. Guess what? If Wisconsin didn't get lucky against Kentucky, that Kentucky team was not going to lose to Duke. So congrats on playing a a Wisconsin team that got lucky against against a Kentucky team that had one loss. Wisconsin's got a pretty good luck factor, though, so – Exactly. I mean, seriously, like, I just that the Wisconsin team was really, really good. But come on, that's just they they got lucky. Let's be honest, folks. Okay, Kentucky that year was what thirty eight zero. They weren't going to lose to Duke if they beat Wisconsin. So that was a lucky championship for Coach K. Uh, you know, let's look at last year. Didn't here's another factor why you should hate these losers. <laughs> Didn't make the tournament last year, but then was like. We're opting out of being a replacement team just to show that we have so much class. We're, we're opting out of the tournament, even though we went 13-11. I'm surprised they didn't put Duke in. 13-11 seems good enough if you look at some of the records of some teams that have gotten in the years past. I mean, come True. on. True. In t- 2010, they won a title. They played a mid-major team in the tournament pretty much, in the, uh, in the championship. Okay? So congrats on those two titles because you've been irrelevant in terms of winning championships for most of the years beyond that. Uh, they played a Butler team that was out of the horizon that year. So I'm really impressed with the two championships they have since, uh, you know, last 20 years they've won three. But guess what? Two of them barely even counted. I hate Duke. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Those are my enough. The thoughts, enough. I mean, for sure. Um, I'm all right. You being a Duke hater. Yeah, just not a fan, you know, just not a fan. Um, I think that, you know, I think it's more Coach K than anything. Like, I don't really have any ill will towards any current Duke players. I actually kind of like Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner a little bit. I think I'm more of a – when it comes to players, I like the villain. When it comes to coaches, I don't. What, what about Shire, who, you know, decided to leave his home state and go play for Duke? Well, I hope he enjoys not getting any credit for anything he does as the Duke head coach because that's what's going to happen. It's all going to be about, oh, Coach K did all of this. So Coach K walks so John Shire can run. It's going to be what people are saying. That's how dumb people are. God, what a fraud. Colors his hair, too. What a loser. How do you You're know like that? 70 years old. Give up, dude. How do you know that? He's like 76. Seventy-year-olds like have dark hair. Remember when Coach K, uh, they, remember that year that they were bad and they just quit on his team? And just left. I mean, come on. True. That's what's True. wrong with this guy. He's a fraud in every sense of the word. And ESPN's crying because they don't get this game. Crying. They'll probably <laughs> air a Coach K cam during the entire game instead of <laughs> actual programming. And you know what? When it comes to the Bobby Knight Coach K beef, I'm on Bobby Knight's side. Don't even care. So, anyway. Yeah. I spent about as much time talking about Coach K as he would like for people to talk about him. Yeah. So there you go. Good job. Keeping his um, name out there. Absolutely. And he should have about 400 vacated wins, I bet. But anyway, um, yeah, 75 years old. There's no way he doesn't have gray hair. He colors it. He's a loser. <laughs> he's a bum. Uh, he's from Chicago as well, so shout out to him. 
I'm glad that he was able to have a retirement tour, though. That's definitely not a large ego thing. Uh, on the other side, do you have a rooting interest? I'm pretty sure you do. Villanova, Kansas. And that Villanova, yeah. obviously. Because Bill, Bill Self. Self, another cheating loser. <laughs> Uh, when when are they coming out with Kansas infractions? I'm I'm still waiting for that. You know, they, you know, they, I kind of think. They, how do they peg Penny Hardaway, who's been around for three years or however long he's been around, but they can't get Bill Self? Doesn't the Bill Self stuff have to do with Adidas? Didn't he do something with Adidas? Yeah, I think Adidas was paying pretty egregious, and then you know Penny Hardaway FedEx, right? So there you go. Uh, congrats <laughs> to the, to those guys. I mean, when you have a toupee. And and a and a big name like Bill Self does, it's kind of hard to uh, get in that big of trouble. Like I think he's gonna quote unquote resign eventually. I don't know when that will be. Um, <clears throat> Lifetime contract. If they suck next year, I'm sure he's going to quote unquote resign. Yeah, give it up. Effective immediately. I mean, please. Uh, it's just such a joke. Um, I think I I am hoping so much for North Carolina Villanova national championship game. Because that's a situation where I, I don't care who wins. I would be fine for both schools. Now, if it's Duke, Kansas, where do you go in terms of rooting? Uh, you know, as much as you hate him, I'll go with Coach K so he gets the last one. I would almost have to think about that. Because do you think Coach K him. comes back if he wins a national title? If Coach K comes it's back, like, I will It's will like, never John, you can't, you can't do this, man. I'm too good. I will never talk about college basketball again if Coach K comes back. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> That would break me. All right. I I just don't want to see that guy. Farewell tour 2.0. And all these coaches bending over for Coach K all season. Oh, yeah, here's your gift, man. What a joke. What a God. joke. At least what North that, Carolina didn't do that. What has that guy done? In the, what has that guy in done in the last 20 years in terms of actual coaching? Nothing. Okay? So that's enough with that. Uh, but I would I would think about – Rooting for Duke if they played uh, Kansas in the national title game. Hopefully it's North Carolina Villanova, which is a rematch of 2016, right? Because 2018 was Michigan Villanova, which is weird to think that Michigan was actually in a national title game four years ago and their idiot coach decided to go to the NBA. So dumb. Dumbest move Beeline's ever made. Beeline could get a farewell tour if he wanted. Now, I, I, would, I would be opposed to that, but – if you stayed at Michigan that long, you know, hey, you know, is he still in the NBA or is he retired? No, he got like fired. Like, I don't even know if he lasted a season <laughs> with the Cavs. That was just so dumb. But uh, hey, if Jawan wants to hit another coach, maybe they'll bring Beeline back, right? <laughs> I saw someone say we should have a Jawan Howard versus Will Smith slap boxing <laughs> pay per view. What do you think? I'd pay for it. Count me in on that. Um, so four coaches left. Um, let's just, you know, for fun, rank the coaches in terms of everything. Four coaches left. Okay, Jay Wright's number one in He's everything. Close. Jay Wright's an actual coach, unlike Coach K, who's a um, loser. I think I would probably go Bill Self second, even though he's he's apparently can't coach teams in the tournament very well, but – you know, and he has his team used fake, fake motivation. Yeah, what is up with that? I guess yeah. people said that they weren't athletic enough last year when they lost, but that's just BS analysts, quote unquote, just jumping to conclusions 
and uh, using like a trigger. Oh, they're not athletic enough. That's why they lost to USC. No, they lost to USC because USC had a bona fide lottery pick, one of the best players in the country, and they were just bigger and better last year. Like, yeah. it's dumb. So then Christian Brown's like, oh, we're not athletic enough. Shut up, you're Kansas. Shut the hell up. You've owned the Big 12 forever. You haven't won a national title since like a billion years ago. And now you're acting like, oh, we got to get this fake motivation to win. You also played a 10 seed. Get over yourself. And a fraudulent four seed. Kansas with the by far the easiest route to get there. Not even close. Oh, yeah. Not even close. It's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed. Oh, Villanova beats them by 30. The the easy ranking is Jay Wright one, Bill Self two, Hubert Davis three, and John Shire four. <laughs> Correct. Correct. That's the easiest one. Yep. So I mean, what can you do, right? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think that I would take Jay Wright over any of these coaches ever for any reason ever because he's a real coach. You know, he actually inherited a program that wasn't in a great spot. Um for a few years that he was there too. I think people want to get rid of him, but uh, you know, Hey, they have not lost since February 22nd against UConn. So that's something to think about. Yeah. Was that the game where did Hurley get thrown out in that game? I don't remember. He might've. Either way. I'm surprised Villanova's gotten this far because they don't, they play six guys. They won the big East tournament. So they've played a lot of basketball, but I guess, you know, it's working, right? Yep. Yeah. What do you think is the most important uh, player left on any of the four teams? Like what player needs to play well for this team to win? Because I don't think you can really say Colin Gillespie with this because he wasn't good against Houston. Yeah. Um, I would say either Egbaje. Um, Like you said, the first half he acted like he'd never played basketball before. Um, or I'd say manic, um, or the two, I, I think everybody has to play good for North Carolina. Honestly, <laughs> the two guards have to play at least well. one of them, at least Caleb Love <laughs> yeah. or Andre Davis has to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as far as Duke, who cares? Right? McCormick, David McCormick needs to do what Hunter Dickinson didn't do against Villanova, which is be more efficient and score. Yeah. But I think Eric Dixon can put a body on him. Um, he's only six, eight, but he's got a big body. So, yeah. I think he could he could be a factor there. Um, I think another big matchup here is I think uh, how does North Carolina approach uh, Bonchero? Like, if Bonchero's in the game at the same time as Mark Williams, do you go Baycott against Williams and then Manic against Bonchero? I feel I, like I think so. I think you have yeah, to. that'd be interesting to see. So I mean, Manic's the only one that's long enough to guard him, I believe. I mean, uh, does, I think. Um, Duke runs a lot of Bonchero at the five stuff too. Yeah. Uh, and Baycott 6'10, Manic 6'9. They also have Leaky Black 6'8. So they got the size for That's sure. That's true. Yeah, I forget about Leaky Black. And Leaky Black <laughs> can play some defense. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how, how uh, John Shire approaches his lineups in this game as the head coach of Duke. Are we uh, talking about the final four here? I thought we weren't. <laughs> no, I'm just giving people a little taste. Okay. All right. All right. You, you got you to gotta ingest a lot of the information. Okay. And, I just, and, I just, just double-checking what we're doing. Just, just you know, we'll make sure page. we stay on stay on the uh, whatever we're on. We're not really on anything. Who's the favorite to win the title now? Kansas? Yeah. I think so. Okay. It's got to be, right? 
Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. So what's the final four next year? Go. <laughs> next year's final four is going to be Arkansas, Gonzaga, <laughs> um, John Shire is going to take Duke, and Illinois. All right. Sounds Clearly. good to me. Illinois beats Duke by 40. Arkansas beats Gonzaga by 20. Illinois beats Arkansas by 50. Boom, we're back. But all right, that'll do it for us. Uh, this Friday, we'll talk more in depth about the Final Four, getting into the matchups, the nitty-gritty, the numbers, what they say, what they don't say. I want it to be known that uh, I did pick all four Elite Eight games correctly. Um, I have proof of that from my Twitter live stream before the game. So 100% on the money. Um, I – I think a lot of people should not bet against Jay Wright and Colin Gillespie ever, but I think if you're going to do it, doing it against Kansas might be a good idea. Um, but I'm trying to see uh, who the favorites are. Uh, looks like I would guess it would go to Kansas, Duke, Villanova, North Carolina. It actually, goes Duke, Kansas. Oh, please give me a Villanova, break. North Carolina. Duke is uh, plus one forty four to plus one sixty. Kansas is plus one seventy to plus one ninety. So. They really liked what John Shire has done at Duke this season. Villanova sure. plus four fifty to plus five hundred, and North Carolina plus four seventy five to plus five fifty. So we'll see if John Shire can go. get it done in his first season at Duke um, as the head coach. So we'll see how it goes. We'll preview the matchups more in depth uh, on Friday, and uh, we'll probably make a hundred percent accurate picks. So we'll see you Friday. True. <laughs>